Blog Talk Radio. Once again, to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Reverend James, of folkconjure.com, located in western North Carolina, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjureman of conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we will be joined by a special guest, John St. Germain of DivineHarmonySpiritualChurch.com in Knoxville, Tennessee, bringing us today's Oracle Hour topic on the Adele Clemens Oracle Deck. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjurer, root work, as defined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjureman. Miss Kat? Hi. Thank you, Reverend James, for that announcement. We've been uh, off the air and doing rebroadcasts for the traditional two holiday weekends of Christmas and New Year's. So I'd like to catch up with you, Reverend James. What's going on in your life? And I see that Reverend Art is here in the chat, too, your partner. So tell us what's new. Yeah. So um, if you guys, if anybody was here at the last uh, one that we did of last year, um, we were talking about making candles and getting those up for sale. Um, we have those up for sale now at Etsy, and we're starting to get them trickled down into our actual website just because it's a little bit more of a complicated process putting it on our website than putting it on Etsy. Um, and if anybody's interested in checking those out, we have uh, over 40 figural candles available at folkconjure.etsy.com. Well, thank you. And thanks, Reverend Art, for being your constant support. I know you guys are a tight couple and work hand-in-hand, and you're really expanding your spiritual outreach, and I'm so proud of you both. Well, things here are um, uh, just sort of waking up out of the hibernation of two weeks of whatever. Um, We had a wonderful um, wedding anniversary, our 24th, over the uh, New Year's Eve morning time. And the day before, which was actually New Year's Eve day, we got to meet with um, a cousin of mine, Roy Gayari, who came all the way from England. And he's a, a professional guitarist and guitar teacher. And he and I first met through the internet because we were both interested in of all things, the Memphis Drug Band, the music that plays at the opening of our show. And I went to his um, 
website, his Facebook page, rather, after I saw him mentioning some stuff that I liked, and there was a picture of the Memphis drug ban. I thought, who is this guy? And I found out that he is actually my second cousin, which was quite a treat. And now you might ask, why did I not know he was my second cousin? Because his family had changed their last name, uh, his grandfather had. And I kind of thought, that name sounds familiar, but I had never met him. He um, lived in Israel and emigrated to England. So I got to meet him, his wife, and their child, and it was just wonderful. And we all arranged to meet at the home of another cousin of ours, Mike Travers in Pacifica, California. They are both descended from the same grandmother, and I am descended from that grandmother's sister. So we just had a wonderful time talking about music. Of course, there was a guitar in the other house where we went to visit because everybody in our family is kind of music lovers. So we had a wonderful, wonderful uh, New Year's. We don't do Christmas because we're Jewish, but the New Year's was just super holiday. So that's all that's new around here. I've been packaging devil shoestrings. I mean, you know, if you ask me on any given week, so Kat, what did you do this week? I would say, oh, I packaged devil shoestrings. I seem to be um, the world's best devil shoestring packager. I don't know what that's all about. Um <laughs> I also have some news. Um, Miss Michael's author special was offered for the first time this last Friday as a uh, giveaway from Lucky Mojo. We always do these every other week. We do book specials. Miss Michael's new book, Sneaky Tricks, which I co-wrote with her, makes her have two books, the other one being Hoodoo Bible Magic, and one of the most popular books we've ever published by her and Professor Porterfield. And we came around to doing a new giveaway, which is the Miss Michael author special. And right. so um, we have um, a winner. <laughs> and um, our winner is mm -mm, Bonnie Brook. And now, if I'm not mistaken, and maybe I should ask Shiva, didn't we have this set up for two winners, or was there just to be one? There was supposed to be three, but that was the only one I had so far. Oh, so other, okay. So everybody who entered that contest, we have one winner and two defaults. So if you, we don't recast I'll be awarding the two more. I'll be awarding yeah. two more during the show. Oh, okay. We're going to just, if people defaulted, we're just going to pick out other guys. Okay, got it. All right. I'll be giving so you folks, two more names. I'll be giving you two more names to read during the okay. show. Okay. So Bonnie Brook is winner number one where the suspense is killing me. <laughs> Oh, sorry. And she'll win Miss McHale's author special number one, and there are going to be two more winners, and we'll come up with them later. So that's it for me. Now I'm going to um, ask my dear friend Conjurman, how are things in your wonderful world? Hello, hello, Miss Gat. Happy New Year to you. Hopefully you're doing well. Congratulations yeah. on your anniversary. Uh, things are, are going quite well. Uh, 2024 is off to a start. Uh, still getting used to writing 2024 because, wow, what what a weird year 2023 was and how quickly it went by. Um, I kind of, I've kind of, we kind of blinked and the year was over, I feel like, which is so different from the previous two years where everything seemed to move very, very slowly. I think like the 2020 to 2022 two years, that was like a decade 
That was like just like a whole <laughs> decade in of itself. Every year felt so long. Uh, and then 2023 happened, and it was a weird and funky year at the beginning, and then at the end it just sort of sped through. You blinked, and you went from uh, October to January. It just sort of everything happened in that in that last few months. Um, so um, we're here in the new year, excited for what it what it offers us. I've been doing a lot of client work around uh, success, people planning for their future, people planning for uh, making the most of 2024. In January, despite being a secular uh, new year and not necessarily the astrological new year or the, the new year followed by most uh, traditional societies, is still a pretty hopeful year. And so there's a lot of hope. A lot of the clients are like, this is the year that I'm going to make it big. This is the year I'm going to go for that job I never, I've always dreamed about, but we're just too afraid to go for. This is the year we're going to, well, I'm going to put myself out there romantically. Uh, and so you, you see the sort of New Year's revolution, resolution trickle its way into the sort of hoodoo that we do in January. <laughs> Everyone is very hopeful. Everyone is sort of planning for the future, and they're asking for root work around it. So a lot of success work, even in just a few days uh, that the year has started. It's really been focused on success. And I hope that that theme continues, that sense of hope and optimism, and people keep that energy going. So I'm excited to see what this year holds for us. I, I'm i excited, too. Um, you know, it comes under the rubric of been down so long, it looks like up to me. <laughs> you know, we got we to gotta do a little better this year. And um, I'm just one of those crazy numerologists. And um, I happen to like the number 24 better than any other number because mm. it was Willie Mays' uniform number. <laughs> when he played for the oh. San Francisco Giants. So, hey, it's good. It's 24. <laughs> I'm waiting it's for 2027 20, for that. 27, you like 27? Okay. I love 27. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Um, 23 just didn't, I mean, it's okay, but it just didn't move me. No, no, you're right. 24 does. Numerologically, like you're right. It doesn't have that same <laughs> feel. And, and 20, 24 is also one of those fabulous numbers. It's twice 12, and my birthday is May 12th. And, um, you know, it, 12 is a zodiacal number. I mean, 24 is just great any way you cut mm. it. I publish, I publish 96-page books, and 96 is divisible by 24. I mean, whatever. 24 is just a super number, and it means a lot of adaptability and good luck for me. All right. Well, enough of that. But... Um, I could go on. I I could write a whole book about numerology. Oops, I think I did. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called the Heard secret of numbers first. revealed. <laughs> All right. Well, today we are welcoming back with us the wonderful, astute, acute, and absolutely erudite Reverend John Saint Germain, author of the book. An Artist Among the Spirits, The Celebrated Life of Reverend Adele Clemens. And we've had him on the show before. So if you're new to uh, John St. Germain, go look up some of the old shows. But even more so, uh, he had his own show, which is being played in syndication, called the Crystal Silence League Hour. And there are hundreds of episodes and we put out a new one in syndication every week. So don't 
um, lose track of John St. Germain because he is an amazing person. He's on the Board of Bishops of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches. He's a member of the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, voice of the Crystal Silence League, and editor of the Crystal Silence League newsletter, and the pastor of Divine Harmony Spiritual Church, and the author of this great book and a new card reading deck, which is why he's here on an Oracle uh, Hour. Mm -hmm. So, welcome John St. Germain. Gosh, you really built me up, Miss Cat. That's a high bar to uh, <laughs> you're yeah. you're on a pinnacle of your own, I tell you. <laughs> well, um, I get restless, you know, so I have to do things to keep my mind busy, to keep my hands out of trouble. My mom used to say, and she'd give me stuff and say, "Here, keep your hands out of trouble," you know. So I'd sit and fidget with things, and that's what I do as an adult. I fidget. I fidget with things. And, uh, well, uh, that's, this a, that's a very modest way of saying it. Again, I've known John for decades, and I'm going to just tell you, as a craftsperson, John is a whole art unto himself and has mm. been known for his keeping his hands busy. He's a, what's called a maker. He makes things. He makes all kinds of things. And if you go to um, his shop or just check him out, and um, you'll see that, there are so many things that he has made, um, and I'm just um, always in awe of your and you and and your workshop. Your son also helps you. Yes, that's and true. Uh, yep, he he sure does. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so this is a a place where occult objects are handmade, and you can purchase them. And John makes all kinds of things for um, talismanic purposes, for divination purposes. Mm-hmm. Just an yep. amazing, amazing workshop. Oh, well, thank you. And also, thank and you. I forgot to, I forgot to mention the Black Hawk Power Shrine where he does candle services and the right. Crystal Silence Chapel also. Yeah, well, those you know, chapels are uh, labors of love. You know, they're handmade too, everything in them. Um, the chapel themselves were handmade. We built those from nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just an amazing, an amazing uh, guy and um, really – um, if you don't know about John, and he's he's just kind of that kind of laid back, quiet Tennessee voice, but I'm telling you, <laughs> the guy is active. <laughs> he's something. Well, All we right. had a conversation earlier, kind of about uh, well, Shiva and I did anyway uh, about about that, and you know, I um, I was thinking about this the uh, when I was a younger man and I was working. Uh, Basically, as an entertainer, I was going around doing entertainment in restaurants. I, I do a variety of things, palm reading and card tricks, whatever. They used to call me anything for a dollar, John. And uh, <laughs> I was very volatile. You know, anybody said anything to me, you know, I was like, ah, screw you, you know. And uh, I had a friend, his name was Brian Gillis. You may have heard of him. Um, mm-hmm. And he said, John, you need to be more personable. Uh, uh, he said, everybody's got their own problems and things. And he said, here, here's a book for you to read. And it was Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And uh, that really turned me around. Uh, that was one of the first new thought, right? Uh, and it is a new thought book that I'd ever read. Mm-hmm. And uh, oddly enough, you know who else that book really influenced? Who? Charles Manson. He read it in prison. 
And then, <laughs> oh, I, know. I knew you were going to He used those very same principles, you know, to form his family, his cult. He used the Dale Carnegie mm-hmm. principles to form his cult. So it just goes to show you, you know, you, how th- that book can send you in different directions, right? But he used exactly yeah. the same principles. But um, one of the things that I learned in there was um, – it's not about you. you know, it wasn't about me. Don't take it personally because truly if somebody is mean to you or says something that may hurt you or hurt your feelings, they don't even know you. It, it may not be about you. It's something they're reacting to that happened in their own life. And I, I, I realized that, yeah, this is true because when I did it, I was reacting to things that happened to me, you know, growing mm-hmm. up. Uh, Whites and wrongs that had occurred to me, and I was taking it out on total strangers who meant I didn't mean anything to them. They didn't mean anything to me, right? So um, this became a lifelong habit that whenever anger or uh, uh, bad feelings arose in me, I would say, well, who am I really mad at? And do you know who I was mostly mad at? I think I know, but go ahead and tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Me, right? Yeah, that's right. um, yeah, yeah, me. And uh, so over the years, I uh, worked on that. And uh, now, you know, I help other people work on that and just, uh, you know, let it go, you know. And, and a lot of it is just forgiving yourself for being a human being. Mm-hmm. You got you to, gotta, and a friend of mine, his name was Mac. We were at a psychic fair. And uh, he saw that I was a little glum. And he said, well, what's wrong? And I said, well, you know, I've done a lot of good readings this weekend, but man, there's just some that, you know, I really missed the mark. And, uh, you know, he he, uh, he took my hand and he said, John, you got to give God permission to be perfect. And um, uh-huh. because I, I, I do have a, a OCD thing, you know, I want everything to be perfect. And uh, whenever I catch myself doing that, and, you know, you know, this was 35 years ago easily. I, I hear Max's voice, John, give God permission to be perfect. And these little things like this that kind people have done for me, these acts of kindness where they they said, you know, this kid needs help. <laughs> you know, this kid just needs a kind word. Uh, stick with me. And I have such gratitude for uh, kind people and kindnesses and really for everything. I wake up in the morning, I'm like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm grateful. And I think this mm. is what um, – uh, I don't know, many many people I notice who are unhappy, uh, I think they, they focus on things that they're not grateful for, maybe. Um, they're not looking at the good things in people that you can find or the good things in the world that they can find. They're, as I was when I was younger, uh, focusing in on the the things the bad things or the the mm-hmm. negative things have happened mm-hmm. and and that becomes uh, uh, a very painful thing to do and it, it it's like a, a wound you have you just keep up reopening it uh, you're going to bleed to death and I, um, I I try to help people with that I um, we're we're all we're all going to have hurts and we're all going to be in pain and but at the same time when we we're, when we're in that pain it does help it does help us in the anger and the pain to say yeah but look at all the really wonderful things 
that we can be grateful for. And, That's right. Uh, that doesn't doesn't diminish mm-hmm. our pain, but it kind of dilutes it. And mm-hmm. um, I think as we go into 2024, um, maybe something to keep in mind is as we go through whatever it holds for us to collect these things, uh, these wonderful things that we have, and concentrate on those. Anyway, that's my that's my. Uh, my sermon. <laughs> well, that's why you're a reverend. Um, you do give a good sermon, and it's all true words. Now, unlike a lot of pastors, you know, you're also a hypnotist, and a, uh, you're a, can do. I think you can read cards as best as anybody I know. Um, you know astrology. You know uh, tarot. You know all kinds of things, but you're also a writer. And you've written a number of books. One of them is Crystal Magic, which is a fantastic short book on crystals for divination and magic. And it contains a really good list of crystals, just a pocket reference. Um, it's a wonderful book. If you all don't know about it, Crystal Magic. It's one of the coolest books we've published. And then another one, which is called Lithomancy. And that title just baffles people. But Lithos means stone. And lithomancy, mancy means divination, so it's divination with stones, but it's divination with any small pocket piece, coins, little dollhouse, knickknacks, um, any kind of uh, mixture, sortilage, and um, lithomancy is a book that will teach people the techniques of sortilage. It's a really good companion to my own book, um, throwing the bones because I get into sortilage, but then I also get into what's called intuitive bone reading, where you kind of it's more spiritually focused type of bone reading. Lithomancy goes from bones to coins to nuts, you name it, and it's about casting, about positioning, about numbers. It's a really great book if you haven't ever checked it out. Check out lithomancy. Then, oh, um, I love oh, that book. Eh, yeah, I love it too, and um, and then. Uh, you've also written a couple of books on palmistry, and you owe Lucky Mojo Books a book on palmistry. That's our deal here. We got one. It'll, it's in the pipeline, folks. And um, but you also heavy. wrote. Yeah, yeah it's going to be good. It's, yeah. it's going to be good. It'll be good when it comes out. It'll be perfect because <laughs> you're going to do it. Um, but you also wrote um, um, last year, 2023, An Artist Among the Spirits, Celebrated Life of Reverend Adele Clemens. So this is um, a book in a different direction. This is really a biography of a woman who I think had fallen into obscurity and did not deserve it. She was a well-known woman in her time. She was a spiritualist medium, a painter, an artist. She um, was active in the civil rights movement, and she was a card reader. She was um, a person of great artistry. She could paint and draw, and she was really a wonderful um, representative of what I would call uh, domestic feminism as opposed to political feminism. She lived a free and independent life, and um, and yet was married and and you know kept a home but she also took off and all around the world um from where she lived in Pennsylvania to California to New York to Egypt she was really a a phenomenal figure and this book is not just about this one woman but it's about the whole history of America 
and American occultism during the period of her life. American spiritualism from, you know, Andrew Jackson Davis up until the hippies. And that's the period of, of the um, America that she lived through the uh, early 20th century. She lived a pretty good long life, but she really had so many experiences intersected with so many people. A lot of people know the book um, uh, The Guiding Light to Power and Success by Mikkel Strabo. She was a friend of his. And in my book, uh, The Art of Hoodoo Candle Magic, uh, there's a portion of my book which she wrote with Mikkel Strabo, which is called How to Conduct a Candlelight Service. Now, as far as we know, it's all of her writing, probably edited by Mikhail Strabo. He credits it to her. And that um, booklet, because it was originally a little booklet that I included in my book, is what started me with how to run Missionary Independent Spiritual Church. And I'll go on record as saying that Missionary Independent was the very first online mail-order candle-burning service that ever existed. And I got the idea from Adele Clemens and from Mikhail Strabo. And uh, because of that, dozens of sister churches sprang up, including your own Divine Harmony, Reverend James and Reverend Arts, um, Folk Faith Ministries, and many other people. Mikhail, Ms. Mikhail has uh, Carolyn Dye Chapel, and there are lots of other churches of this type now, but there weren't then. And I would never have done this and never started the idea of an Internet. I called it mail order at the beginning because not everyone had the Internet. They would actually send us little notes, you know, with a dollar bill or whatever in an envelope. <laughs> but um, but now it's all conducted um, digitally, and the readings are given out um you know, through email and and so forth. This type of work really springs directly from this woman, Adele Clemens. Not that she did that specifically, but that she wrote or co-wrote the booklet, How to Conduct a Candlelight Service. Also, I have to give some credit to um, King uh, Louis Narcisse in Oakland, who had Mount Zion Spiritual Temple, but he came out of the same um, black spiritual church experience that she did. And at this point, I have to make a little footnote. She's not black. She was white, but she lived a good part of her life in Harlem, New York, in the black district of town, and um, preached and um, studied with uh, Father Divine, who was a noted, famous black preacher and political activist. So that's my introduction to this book. Now, this is an oracle hour, and we already did an hour and a half about this book. So what I want to do is turn this over to you, Reverend John, because what happened in this book, Mm. at the very end of the book, I put together about 12 pages. She always talked about doing astrological card readings. And when when you put together the book, John, you know, you're like, well, we don't know what she did. And you came up with sort of a you know, a little bit of an approximation. And I said, but I've been studying the idea of astrological card readings for decades. And you very graciously, and I'm so grateful to you, allowed me to put my system of astrological card readings in the back of your book about 
occur. So folks, if you want to know my system of astrological card reading, uh, you'll have to buy this book. And But in it, and, and what I came up with was an approximation of something she might have done. I don't know that this is what she did, but it's what I came up with. And it made sense based on what I knew about what she was doing. That led you, John, to create an actual Adele Clemens Oracle deck. And so why don't you tell us about that and what it consists of and how it works, okay? Well, the clues that I had was that she had learned to read uh, an alemannic system from a uh, uh, a vaudeville uh, mind reader, uh, a woman mind reader, a uh, two-person mind reading act. When she oh, wait, was wait, got, hold on. We got, wait, 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 oh, footnote, she worked in vaudeville before she became right. a preacher. <laughs> yeah, Go on. A, a living statue act with, uh, uh, with a, another woman from uh, her hometown, uh, uh, Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. Um, they had a vaudeville tour. Uh, it was quite successful until it was interrupted by events you can read about in the book. And uh, she had learned uh, an Alemannic uh, fortune-telling system. And that, uh, Alemannic is a uh, Central European uh, system that uses a, uh, a stripped deck of either 36 or 37 cards. And uh, uh, the uh, the suit arrangement is somewhat different uh, even though it's uh, diamonds clubs hearts and spades the interpretation of the suits varies somewhat from western uh, cardamancy because it's uh, derived from uh, bells acorns um, um, uh, leaves and uh, uh, hearts so uh, the meanings are different even though eventually they did uh, evolve in other countries to diamonds clubs hearts and spades so um, what this uh, means is that she basically was doing Lenormand style readings because the Lenormand deck also is a, a Alemannic system, right? Mm-hmm. So because mm-hmm. Madame Lenormand never read with a Lenormand deck, she read with a picket pack, which was mm-hmm. Alemannic. Right? So um, uh, that that we knew that I knew, and uh, I knew that she combined it with uh, uh, astrologic with astrology. She um, laid them out in such a way that she would uh, uh, say, well, this this card is uh, uh, in the house of uh, Leo, this card's in the house of Aries. So this is, uh, this is really all I knew. And she, w- she would get their astrology sign and uh, braided it into the card reading. So this, this we knew. Uh, I talked to uh, her niece, Joy Clemens, who uh, – knew uh, somewhat about it. She, Of course, her, her aunt's been dead since 1972, so her memory was vague about it. And there were some hints in some of the newspaper columns. So uh, looking at the uh, uh, fortune-telling books of her time, uh, Professor uh, P.S. Foley and uh, some of the others, there are actual uh, Wheel of Fate card readings that use the astrological circle. I figured she read some of those uh, added her own spin on it uh, as she would and uh, uh, probably based it on one of the Chaldean uh, astrological uh, fortune-telling systems and probably simplified it to make it more practical. If you try to do some of those things from a fortune-telling book, it would take you 30 minutes to lay these things out. So I figured being very practical, uh, she made it as simple as possible. Uh, A wheel, 
you know, 12 houses and a card in each house. So um, I thought, well, that would be very cool um, to actually make it a uh, basically a 52-card deck by adding the 12 Zodiac signs uh, and uh, you know put the Jokers back in and have a uh, card that has a Zodiac wheel on it so you have a kind of a sheet to go by and uh, a little bit of this and that. So, um, so I did that and I, I uh, licensed some artwork for the cards of the Art Deco era, you know, the 1920s era, um, and um, start with that. So uh, I came up with this, uh, well, I think it's a very nice deck, and I've got a picture of her on the back uh, in a white robe uh, with an amulet because uh, her niece told me that she uh, Adele went on an Egyptian expedition, and uh, while she was there, she was... Uh, uh, she became um, initiated into a, an occult order, a secret occult order, and she had a picture of herself in a white robe with a strange amulet. And uh, I recreated that um, that artwork. My son and I uh, recreated mm-hmm. that artwork, and it's on the back of the deck. It looks really cool. And uh, so the Adele Oracle deck is a, uh, a picket deck, a picket pack, 30, uh, mm-hmm. 36 cards. Um, the six through ace of each suit, um, mm-hmm. and uh, two jokers and twelve astrological cards, the houses, Aries, uh, mm-hmm. Taurus, etc. And, uh, the, and basically, what you do is you you deal those in a circle, so you have twelve houses, and then you deal one round of twelve cards in each house, and um, you you read those. You can deal with second round and a third round since there's 36 cards, 36 divided by three, you know, at 12. So you can uh, put three cards in each house and do your reading uh, thusly. And uh, there are variations. There are many variations. Mm-hmm. Um, if you um, just want to do a short answer, you um, uh, you just say, well, what do you want, what do you want to ask about? And they'll say, oh, finances. Well, then you go straight to Taurus. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you have three cards in Taurus, and uh, uh, talk to them about money, work, et cetera, et cetera. Now, um, usually, when you uh, are doing readings for a client, even if they come to you and they want to know about, um, uh, you know, the relationship or work, once you start talking to them, they have a lot of questions. And with the uh, twelve houses, um, and Truly, really, not that much knowledge of astrology. Not that much. Um, you can you can get information between the twelve houses and three cards in each house. Um, you can answer. Uh, you get a lot of information. It's basically like the t- grand tableau in uh, Lenormand with astrology added. That's it. Yeah, that's interesting to me. That's definitely one way to do it. Now, I'm going to say something about doing these Wheel of the Year readings. And I've mentioned this before on the radio show. Um, To do an entire Wheel of the Year with one card in each house, each house representing a a month of the year, a sign of the zodiac, or Mm -hmm. a, um, a portion of life, you know, such as the second house is finances and the third house is communication, things like that. Um, And to go around that with one card in each house or each division and then 
uh, allow the client three questions that are of most interest. So they might say, well, I'd like to ask about my partner, I'd like to ask about my career, and I'd like to ask about my pets. And then you build three cards off of whichever house is indicated just to do that reading as an hour and a half. So we're not going to be able to do that kind of a reading on this show. But I don't know about you, John. You probably do. I offer what are called birthday specials. So if I want to do this combined astrological and uh, card uh, reading, and I use the tarot cards, which you can use as easily as you can use a a strip deck or a short deck or even a regular 52-card deck. Now, there's a reason why. uh, But anyway, I was going to say, if if you do that, what I offer is, if it's your birthday or close enough to your birthday, I'll give you an hour and a half reading for the price of one hour because, hey, it's your birthday. But not everybody does that. But it's a nice way to work. Now, the other thing about using a stripped-down deck, and I wrote about this in your book, I think one reason she did use... um, Piquet pack or some other euchre deck or whatever you want to call it with fewer cards is that in reading, the court cards represent people. And if you want to do really precise readings, you want more court cards per card. (laughs) So the percentage of court cards should be higher. And so in a tarot deck, the percentage of court cards is fairly small, even though there is an extra court card because it has four court cards instead of three like a poker deck. But if you use a short deck, you'll you never take the court cards out, and you'll end up with more court cards per card laid out. And if you do that, you're able to talk more specifically about people in the person's lives. And as a reader, that will how can I put this? It'll blow their minds more than if you start talking about psychology. If you say, well, in this situation, there's a woman, and she doesn't mean you any well, and she has dark hair, you know, or whatever, they'll go, holy shoot, I know what that is, right? Mm -hmm. So it's really um, uh, useful to have that kind of a deck. All right. Now, there was our music, and I don't have our announcer. Where's our announcer? (laughs) <laughs> Stay tuned. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with your host, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. And this week's special guest, John St. Germain, will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination and prescribing down-home conjure remedies and remediation. Our call-in clients are selected from among those who filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio or via telephone by dialing 818-394-8535. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the forum and you have not already done so, please dial in now to 818-394-8535 and press 1 to let us know that you're available to be on the air. We will select callers by their area code, and if your area code is announced, we'd like for you to say hello and let me, your announcer, Reverend James, Read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our hosts. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to our first caller. Our caller is Trey, calling from area code 910 in North Carolina. Trey, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome, welcome. And you indicated that you've had uh, no readings on this situation with other readers. Is that correct? 
Um, I've had a reading on it in the past, but not any advice as to where to go to next. Okay. All right. And she writes, ex-husband working to create division between my children and myself. What spell work do I need to do to break the spell and return to sender? Turning it over to you, Miss Kat. All right. Now, what we're going to do is show you people how the Adele Clemens Oracle deck works. So this is going to be a different kind of reading. John's going to go first, and I will go second. And Contraman, who's been very silent. Hi, Contraman. <laughs> He's going <laughs> to... I'm here. <laughs> There he is. He's going to give the spell work that Trey requests. So first off, uh, John, can you do a reading on this using this Oracle deck? I sure will. Well, since it's about uh, a relationship, I suppose uh, I'm going to start with... um, We should probably start, well, let's start with Leo. Um, Oddly enough, I've got the Ace of Hearts in Leo. I I believe there's still love between the two of you, and I think part of the reason he's doing this is out of resentment. Um, He still, if he didn't care about you, he wouldn't have any anything to do with you. He would just be ignoring you. But so what I'm seeing is there's still love here, and uh, part of the reason he's doing this. Is um, he's uh, keeping a hook into the relationship? Now, problem with him is though his idea of love is clouded. There's a, a dark side uh, to his side of to his um, idea of love, and the way he expresses love has an element of violence to it. And uh, you may have noticed that when you were with him. Uh, and he's he he also doesn't see people as um, Real, uh, real individuals. He sees them as possessions. So, when you try to take his possessions away from him, he gets uh, very mean. And so, this is what it is about the children. And there's a, kind of a duality here. He, um, it's pride for one thing. He's not going to lose. You know, in his mind, he cannot lose. And if you got the kids, he would that would be a loss for him. It's not even about the kids. Uh, it's about the, the victory. So uh, it's going to be very, very difficult. Uh, the more you fight, the more he's going to counterfight. It's just going to be a very difficult thing. Uh, I also want to uh, look, I believe, at um, – oh, my goodness um, – Gemini, yeah, I want to look at Gemini, and we have the Ace of Clubs. Um, this is uh, this is about the relationship to the 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 best solution would be, I think, if you could get back together, um, and uh, for the kids' sake. But Nine of Hearts says that a new beginning. Um, would um, would be a really good idea. The page, though, says he would not do what I think is necessary for this, which is to go to a marriage counselor. Also, there's a complication. 
I got Queen of Clubs. That's an interfering woman, so I believe he's uh, he's probably seeing somebody else. So that's a complication. Um, that's my read on the situation. Um, there's a lot of factors at work here. Um, his uh, fight for the children, I think, is a matter of pride. It's a uh, it's a way to. Um, He's not in a hurry to end this this fight between you. And I agree with everything that you have said. We have been separated and eventually divorced now for 14 years. Um, He is remarried, and I can never see myself back with him. I will never live in torment and misery ever again. Yeah, you know, uh, she keeps it going, too, doesn't she? She... uh, She's like a co-conspirator. Um, she, uh, I'm not sure if she doesn't speak to me any whatsoever, and I don't, you know, and I don't speak to her, so I really don't know what role she plays behind the scenes. Yeah, it's going to be very difficult. I'm going to let Miss Cat comment. All right. Well, you know, I'm going to do something similar, and we—it's sort of interesting. We ended up with some similar ideas here, so. In the houses, there are um, when you divide a, a, the zodiac wheel up into houses, the fifth house has to do with children. The seventh house has to do with partners, and the twelfth house has to do with things behind the scenes or secrets um, and uh, things that are um, kind of not known about okay so um i'm going to read those three houses with one card in each so first of all since this starts with the partner i mean you had the partner before you had the children i presume so i'm going to look at the seventh house first and this is naturally the house of libra which is about negotiation but in this case I just laid the cards down, and I didn't I have to explain here. I, I I had the wheel, and I laid the cards down at random, but I didn't know which houses you were going to ask about, right? So now I've got my cards, and now I'm going to read those cards as pre-laid out, if that makes sense. Okay. So the the card that's in the seventh house of partners is the eight of spades, which would be in Tarot, the eight of swords. The Eight of Spades is a card of a warning of loss. It's not a good card, and um, it's it's really difficult. So it says, watch out. Your partner has caused you loss and will is still intent upon causing you loss. Basically, it's a warning card, and so there's nothing more I can do other than warn you about it. The form that the negativity will take um, is... Uh, spades or swords. And I have to explain here, spades is a from the Spanish word espada and does not mean shovels. It means swords. So the eight of spades is about um, a, a a difficult situation and swords are used in conflict. And so this is why it's called a warning of loss. So watch out. This guy is not meaning you any good. The next card is the children. So here, this is the fifth house. And naturally ruled by Leo, which represents the heart or, or the you know the joy of life. It can also be the house of your pets if you were to ask about your pets. And the card here is the Ace of Diamonds. 
and which is equivalent to the Ace of Pentacles in the Tarot. And the Ace of Diamonds represents money, but it also represents a lucky talisman. And either as a diamond or as a pentacle or coin, it usually represents making a charm. So because Contraman is going to give you your root work advice, this speaks directly to what Contraman is going to be talking about. Some sort of a physical talisman will be of help. Um, a gift, it doesn't have to be a diamond ring or a coin or anything like that, literally, but some sort of a physical gift that could be carried or worn or kept in the home of the children, very useful to connecting you. Leo is gold and diamonds are diamonds, so I don't know if you can give anybody a diamond gold ring, but you know, there's something along the idea of value there, and that is a recommendation to you. The third card that I picked is from house number 12. So house number 12 is the house of secrets. It's also the house of imprisonment, hospitalization, sadness, and depression. And here we have um, the sign Pisces, which isn't notably a very sad sign, but it is about things that are hidden or unknown. The fishes are like under the sea, under the water, and Pisces is a rather mysterious sign. And here we have the card that is the Eight of Diamonds. So the Eight of Diamonds would be the same as the Eight of Pentacles in Tarot. But um, the meanings for the readings of playing cards are often different than the meanings for tarot cards. And in this case, the Eight of Diamonds signifies uh, an open door. And it says that um, the biggest problem here is how much do you let this person into your life? How much do you, you know, are you keeping your own door spiritually open? Right, That's your biggest fear or biggest place where you could be making a mistake. Close that door with him. When I see something in the 12th house that looks positive, I still have to interpret it in a somewhat negative way. And so to interpret an open door, which sounds for something welcoming, as something you may be too open, is what I'm saying. He may know too much about you. You may become too involved. And it might be better to close that door, um, the energy link between you and him, and deal only through the children. So that is my advice to you. So um, I find it interesting that um, these readings accord with one another fairly closely. We have a, There's a lot of similarities between John's reading and mine. We Now we're going to turn it over to the ever-adaptable and um, amazing trapeze artist, Conjurman, who's going to take all of these little disparate parts and he's going to work out some spell work for you. Yes. Thank Conjurman. you. You've gotten some really interesting and cool readings here. And what I'm going to do and give you some root work advice on how you can manage the situation. What you need is to minimize the influence of your ex-partner, uh, reverse what damage and harm might be there, while also cultivating protection and blessings between you and your children. So what you're going to do is take a double action reversible candle, a white and black one. What you're going to do is carve a new tip in this. 
take up the candle, carve off the black, the white portion so it's flat, flip it over, and carve a new tip into the black portion. Write the name of your ex-partner and anoint this with reversal oil. Now, set this up on a candle holder and place the candle holder on top of a picture of your ex-partner and encircle the entire thing with salt. Burn this for three days. For a little bit of time, burn it, pray over it, call upon the power of the Lord and the Lord's justice or whatever higher power or creator you believe to reverse all harm, to undo all damage, to reverse all slander, and to break all influences. Burn it down. So for three days, you're going to burn a little bit and then snuff it out. Second day, you're going to light it, say your prayers, snuff it out. On the third day, you're going to light it, uh, say your prayers, and then what you're going to do is take the candle out of the candle holder while it's still lit. You're going to take a small bowl, or you're going to take a bowl of salt and place it next to the table you are working at, the altar, whatever it is that you've set up. You're going to place the bowl on the floor next to it. Take the lit candle and place it horizontally on the table so that the lit portion of it, the black portion of it, is hanging off the edge and that the wax is now dripping into that bowl of salt. Take a cleaver and very carefully, don't hurt yourself while you do this, take a cleaver and cut the candle in half so that the remaining black portion falls into that salt bowl and is snuffed out. As it falls and it misses, that's okay, you can just pick it up and put it right in the bowl, but you want to Makes this a nice big bowl so that when you cut this candle, it's easily it falls into it. I've done this. It works. And then just wait for the candle to snuff out. You can also grind the candle into that salt bowl. You're going to take the ring of salt that was on the table, and you're going to cover what remains of the candle wax. You're going to cover it, and you're going to set that bowl aside. Wash your hands with some Florida wash. Then you're going to take the remaining white portion of the candle, and you're going to carve a new tip into this. Anoint this with blessing oils. Then I want you to take a small charm, one for each of your children. This is the gift that Miss Cat was talking about. You're going to take a charm, one for each one of your children. You're going to give these charms to your kids. You want to pick one for each one of them. Place this under a small bowl. Anoint each one of them with a little bit of Van Van oil. Place this underneath a small bowl. Take the white candle, anoint it with blessing oil, and burn it on top of that overturned bowl so that there's the uh, charms underneath the bowl and then the candle. You're going to burn that all down. Once it's burnt, you're going to take the leftover wax and bury it in your front yard. You're going to string those charms and give it each one of your children for them to have. So long as they have them, it will keep the bonds between you and them strong. Should the charms ever break, with the string ever break, it is a warning that someone is disrupting the relationship between you and your children, you and your family, and is trying to bring harm to you all. That would be a, or a warning sign for you to do cleansing work, etc., and so on. But you're going to give those charms to each one of your children. You are going to take the leftover black wax and the salt and dispose of it in a running waters, in rivers, 
Throw it over your left shoulder. Walk away without looking back. For the final step, it is important for you to take a picture of yourself and your kids, particularly a picture from a happy moment. You and your family, when your family was happy. You're going to place it into a picture frame along with Bailey, basil, and a little bit of angelica root powder. You're going to put the, you can put this in like a small, the way I do this is I take a very small envelope and I put the angelica root powder in it, the basil, the bay, I fold it up and close it and place it in the back of the picture frame. Anoint the picture frame with blessing oil and keep this in your home. So long as you have that picture frame and so long as your children continue to have those charms, you will remain protected and safe and the bonds will remain strong. You can repeat this process whenever you feel like someone is trying to interfere. You can redo this double action candle. But for now, this is a really good technique for breaking the influence of, of, of your ex-partner who's trying to interfere and disrupt and to cultivate strength and bonds between you and your children. That's what my recommendation is. Let's see if Ms. Kat and Johnson Jermaine have anything further to add. <laughs> wow. I, I apologize to the chat people for my typos. By the time you see the chat in our archives, they will all have been fixed by Nagashiva. Um, mm-hmm. Really fast conjurman. And Phyllis Margaret Gabor says, my favorite conjurman spells involve a cleaver. <laughs> I do use cleavers a lot, don't I? <laughs> yes. Mm. Yes. We call him the butcher of candle wax. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> All right, that is an Not. amazing spell, and I I trust it will be of good use. I added one thing as I was typing. I would instruct the children, if you give them these charms as pendants or maybe key ring fobs or whatever it could be, that tell them that if the string, chain, or um, cord that the charm is hung on breaks, they are to take that as a warning, bring it back to you. You will then restring it on a new uh, chain and will re rebless, redress it and give it back to them. Because that means it took a it took a hit. And we don't get rid of the talismans if a string charm or chain a string or a cord or chain breaks. We actually take that as a good sign that the charm is doing its work. It took a hit unless it shatters. Um, and if it's made of the kinds of things that we were discussing here, it won't shatter. Um, then you can um, always re-bless and dress it, and it becomes stronger for having been done several times. Okay. okay. I have two quick questions, if I may. Um, I already have a picture of well, me and them. Can well, I use that one? We're... We're out of time, and I'm sorry. Um, you can ask your question by typing it in the chat, but we're out of time. We have to go to our next client. Okay? Um, and, and before we go to our next client, I'm going to just say do one thing, and then we're going to get um, uh, Reverend James in with the client. Uh, we have two more winners for our contest. Um, number two is Andrew Rubio. So Bonnie Brook, Andrew Rubio. And number three is Julie Garrett. So if you all are listening or if you all find us through Facebook or through the Lucky Mojo Forum, claim your prizes, the two books, Sneaky Tricks and Hoodoo Bible Magic by Miss Michael and her colleagues. 
All right, we're going to turn this over to James. Thank you, Ms. Kat. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com. And by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's second client. Our caller is Cindy, calling from area code 305. Cindy, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the show. And you have been on the show a long time ago, but have you been to anybody about this particular situation? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's been in, uh, years and years. I mean, I don't know if anybody remembers okay. me, but... <laughs> okay. Thank you. And she writes, she'd like to know how to bring her ex-fiance back into her life. She had readings on this matter before, including from Miss mm. Cat and others. Oh, sorry. I could have just read it ahead. <laughs> Turning it over to you, Miss Cat. Hi. Um, so, Cindy, have I read for you before? Yeah. A long time ago. A long time ago. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So um, I have a couple of questions before we do the reading about this ex. Um, this ex-fiance, you were never married, is that correct? Correct. And what sign of the zodiac are you? Aries. Aries. And what sign of the zodiac is the ex-fiance? Aquarius. Aquarius, all right. And then the other question I have is um, how long have you been apart and have either of you been married to other people in between? Um, yes. Um, let me see. Uh, apart, it's been how many months uh, from the summer? Um, okay, yeah, you never maybe. married anybody else in between. In other, no. in other words, sometimes people come to me, Cindy, it's true, people come to me, yes, my ex-fiance, when I ask, how many, uh, how long have you been apart? They go, 20 years, and he's been married twice and had three children, and I've been married once and had three children, and now we, you know, I'm like, okay, that's a very different question than my ex-fiance and we were together in the summer, you see? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot more to it, but... Um... I mean, I'd rather not, you know, I mean, it's going to get No, you don't have to, to give me any time. more details, but I just need to know where on that great wheel of the year we're going to be, okay? <laughs> so okay. I, I once again, because we're using this very special new deck that John has devised, the Adele Clemens Oracle deck, John is going to do the first reading, I will do the second, and again, Contraman will do the root work, Okay. Okay. So take it away, John. All right. Well, let's look at three houses in particular. Um, I want to start with Libra. I mean, for obvious reasons, right? That's uh, where uh, relationships and uh, uh, contracts, right? And uh, uh, an engagement is a sort of contract, right? It's a promise. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, uh, why was this promise broken? Um, that's what we want to look at because uh, my card here is the Jack of Hearts and uh, 
uh, the Jack of Hearts is usually someone who professes uh, something. The Jacks, the way I read Jacks is they talk. They don't always follow through. And that's, man, that's exactly what happened here, right? And um, uh, so as I, so as I, I don't know, as I look at this situation, um, and I draw a second card on it, I get the Joker. So what I'm seeing here is a person who is uh, uh, erratic anyway, um, uh, he may be emotionally erratic. He may be erratic in his life, but this is not a person who is. Uh, um, usually, he's not known to be predictable. He's not known to be reliable. And uh, uh, my third one is the King of Clubs, and uh, we got a lot of power here because we've got um, two face cards. Um, this shows mood swings. Um, this shows um, two sides to him. He's uh, almost like a Jekyll Hyde, and uh, Jack of Clubs is somebody who uh, has a dark side. There's a dark side to him. Uh, he ca- there's something that casts a shadow over him, and I think it's quite possible that the um, the thought of being in a marital relationship may have really scared him, and what I want to do, I want to know why, so I'm going to go, go over to Leo, and um, um, I have... Um, really quite an interesting story that tells over here the seven of clubs and uh, the seven of clubs to me represents anxiety and fear and um, being in Leo uh, there's there's a mental element to Leo uh, 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 there's uh, Leo one of the attributes of it is creativity and imagination it's one of the uh, lower quality, not one of the most obvious qualities. Leo is very proud um, people usually, but here's anxiety that shows up. I believe he was afraid that he couldn't uh, live up to the uh, expectations that would be required of him in this relationship. Um, he, I believe, is um, he builds things up in his mind. Uh, uh, exaggerates them in his mind. It uh, basically got very terrified. So when I go over um, to the third house, Cancer, uh, he may come from a family where there's a lot of traditions about how things should be done, raised in a tradition of uh, uh, expectations were put on him that nobody could meet. And But he wanted to go down another road and he may have had disapproval from the family about the road he wanted to go down. And this, of course, split him. So you're looking at a fellow who just put a lot of pressure on himself and uh, didn't really know where to go. And so when that happens, you have fight or flight. And I think he fled. So um, I think in answer to your question, uh, uh you're, you're trying to get him back together with you? Uh, yes. Um, I think it's possible. Um, I think it's possible. The uh, The biggest uh, uh, problem in this, uh, I don't think, uh, I mean, love is not a problem. There's love here. Uh, the biggest problem is overcoming his own, uh, the stuff that goes on in his head, the, um, 
the self-doubt, the anxiety, the uh, uh, the fears. If you can overcome that, then um, I think you can pick up where you left off. Okay. All right. Well, that's a really interesting reading to me. I love your readings, John. They're just like, I'm just hanging on your every word because it's different than I would read, but it's, you know, sort of similar in what I would have been doing, too. I mean, how I would have interpreted those cards. Um, yeah, Maya, okay. I, I don't read it's like other people read. <laughs> no, that. and neither do I. But And we don't read that similarly either. So I'm going to take my turn at this. All right. Okay. Now, just like you, I'm going to start with the seventh house because it is a partnership matter. Now, I'm only doing one card in each um, house, maybe because I'm more long-winded than John is. Um, so in the seventh house of partners and lovers, I have... Um, um, the Jack of Spades. And this is equivalent to the uh, Knight of Swords. So the Jack of Spades is a well-meaning but unprepared man. It relates to the sign Gemini, but he is an Aquarius. But still, Gemini itself carries a meaning because we're in the house of Libra, which is a dual sign balanced, and Gemini is a dual sign. And we have here possible uh, ups and downs mentally. Um, I'm not going to go so far as to say something like bipolar disorder. That would be very severe, but it could be some kind of mental um, ups and downs. The the tarot card that's equivalent to um, the uh, Jack of Spades is the Knight of Swords, and that is a card of a confused knight who's rushing around waving his sword and doesn't really know how to conduct his business. So this partner is not as prepared as we would think, whether you read it as a uh, a playing card or as a tarot card, which tarot cards are playing cards. They just have pictures on them. So a well-meaning man, but he's not prepared for marriage. The next house I would go to is the third house, which I believe that um, John also went with. And I associate this house with Gemini, which is interesting because the first card had been associated with the sign Gemini. And the third house is communication, and it is about talking, speech, and you know, staying in touch. And here I have um, the three of spades. And the meaning of the three of spades is inconstancy. Again, a person who's up and down, up and down, not constant, not not focused on going forward. You could call it a personality flaw at this point because it's coming up in several places through several ideas. That a card, the three of spades, relates to the three of swords. And the three of swords uh, shows a heart with three swords stabbing through it and is a card of heartbreak and grief and sadness. So this kind of points to the inconstancy stemming from exactly what John said, something in his past, something it's not something you've done at all. This is his business. It's his stuff. And there's some sort of deep sadness in the guy that makes it hard for him to really just relax and have fun with you, get married, and just be a good, good, easygoing guy. I don't, I'm not trying to butter you up by saying it's not your fault, it's all his fault, but two cards now and two houses and two signs out of three are saying there's something wrong here, right? 
So when we get to something wrong, I again go to the 12th house. And the 12th house would be hidden secrets, um, problems, things like that. And here we have the three of clubs. So um, the three of clubs is a very hopeful card. And in plain card reading, it means the possibility of two or three marriages or two or three affairs in your life. So that says this might come back again. You actually might have a second or even a third um, chance with this relationship. The three of clubs is related to the three of wands in Tarot, which shows a man with three wands looking out over a bay of water as three ships approach him, three small boats, I should say. And it's about a delay, yet it pays off in the end. So this card, which is the card of secret sorrows and bindings and hospitalizations and and um, things going on behind the scenes, actually is a very good card. And the only problem I would see with this card is that you might be too forgiving and just keep on trying to rekindle this affair, which might not end well every single time. But because we did have that grief card. But for now, if this is your second go around with him, give it a try. The three says you have three chances to get this guy back. However, I would consider that given the first two cards, particularly the first card that shows him to be inconstant and somewhat disordered in his thinking, you might need to do that for your own self-satisfaction and to say, I've given it all I've got. But I'm not thinking that this may be the best um, relationships, but I know that you will not um, kowtow to that advice at this time. You're in Aries and you are uh, uh, headstrong and Aries can be led, but they can never be driven. And so I'm just going to say, set yourself a time limit on this. But you do have the option of drawing him back two or three is um, my take on it. And I'm going to turn this over to Contraman. Yeah, thanks, Ms. Kat. I'm going to give you some root work advice here. Uh, but before I do, I just wanted to clarify what your sign of the zodiac was Aries and what was your fiance's or ex-fiance's? Aquarius. Okay. All right. The, the reason I ask that, and Ms. Kat's right, that you're going to sort of do what you want to do uh, in this regard, uh, is that fixed signs are kind of hard to work on. There's some signs that are just very difficult to do root work on. Uh, Taurus is very difficult to do root work on. Capricorn is very difficult to do root work on. And Scorpio and Aquarius are very difficult to do root work on. Uh, they're just not easily influenced. Um, and you could, that doesn't mean root work doesn't work on them. It just means that the more you can light candle after candle after candle, but if they sort of set their mind to something, it could be quite hard. Um, this is, in particular, with, with uh, Aquarius, is they have this problem of sort of falling into the contemplative state where they want to do something, but they often don't know how to do it. They might be interested. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, you might do all this root work. They'd be like, all right. And and your ex fiance is like, I really want to get back to her. I want to really get back with her. I really want to be with her. But he doesn't know how to get to that point. That's a that's a big issue with Aquarius. It's like it's something I've always seen with Aquarius is that they they sort of get stuck in that contemplative period yeah, I can see where, that. where they 
yeah, where they want something, just don't know how to get that. So just yeah. bear that in mind. And so because of that and the root work that now, because of the readings that Ms. Cat gave you, and because I know how our creators work, I'm going to give you root work aimed at getting him to move. So we're going to move beyond things like honey jars and whatnot. Was first, start with a love uncrossing bath. I've given this. This is my famous love uncrossing bath. I've given it on this radio show several times before. Get rue and agrimony and brew it into a tea. Draw yourself a bath. Add that tea in. Add some milk. Add some honey. Swirl it all around and then add a couple drops of love may oil. Cover the entire thing with rose petals. Bathe in this. Let yourself luxuriate. Do this on a Monday. Allow all the hurt, doubt, hesitation, etc. to pour out and open your heart for opportunity for love. Why I start with an uncrossing bath here is that if this is the person that's meant to be for you, then a love uncrossing will ensure that when you return this person to your life, that it sticks. If this person isn't right for you, then when you do this work and you start to do love working, it'll bring the right person to you. So love uncrossing is good. So do this on a Monday. Let yourself air dry, gather a bit of the used bath water, and sprinkle it at the roots of a tree. Now, on a Friday, what I want you to do is get a red jumbo candle, a nice big red candle. Inscribe it with your ex-fiance's name and date of birth. And then what I want you to do is lightly anoint this with come-to-me oil, reconciliation oil, and love-me oil. And then you're going to take a nail and some cuba berries, and you're going to stud this candle. What I mean is you're going to press the cuba berries into the candle. And you're going to do this in a spiraling fashion, spiraling from the tip all the way down to the bottom. You're going to place this on a heat-proof dish underneath of which you've placed the photo of your ex. Light this and pray over it. For seven days, light this candle, pray over it, then snuff it out. Burn this candle down. As it burns through the cuba berries, it will burn through his resistance, his doubt, his hesitation, and the things that keep him from action. Bury all of the remains in your front yard, but keep three of the cuba berries back. When he comes back to you and you two have sex, gather his sexual fluids, Place it into a bag with the three cuba berries and two rose petals and keep it underneath your mattress so that it keeps coming back to your bed. That's my recommendation to you. Let's see if my colleagues have anything further to add. Wow. Okay. Okay. I'm going to ask a couple of questions because I didn't catch everything. This is Mr. Fast Talker, you know. Um, how many days do you burn the candle? Seven days. Seven days. I had written several, and I knew that was wrong. <laughs> and then um, the other was, what color of a candle? Red jumbo candle. Red jumbo. Okay, got it. Well, that's a beautiful, beautiful spell. All right. Dang, there's our music. I know you have to go, but where can I see this? So I can, uh, if I miss anything. The archives are kept at the Lucky Mojo Forum. Okay, okay, I know that. Mm-hmm. All righty. Um, and now it's time for our network identification tritone, followed by the free spell. LMC. You're listening to the LMC Radio Network. 
Broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. The LNC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurement, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places with Reverend Art and Reverend James, Mondays, 4 to 5.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, in syndication, Tuesdays. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Deborah Voigt, Tuesdays, 4 to 5. The Now You Know Show with Professor Porterfield, in syndication, Wednesdays. And The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Miss Phoenix LaFay, in syndication, Thursdays. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. All and right, and a special announcement. Uh, special announcement. Sorry, go ahead. Got to interrupt, interrupt you. Reverend Art announces in the chat, Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places is live tomorrow, one eight twenty four, with Lady M from Aroma G's Botanica in Nashville on the topic of developing and trusting your intuition. And you can tune in at tobtr.com slash 123-0374 or just look it up at the Lucky Mojo Forum. Okay, take it away, James. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Cat. And now it's mm. time for our free spell segment from our special guest, John St. Germain of DivineHarmonySpiritualChurch.com in Knoxville, Tennessee. Take it away, John. Okay. Thank you. Uh, mine's, uh, mine's very short and... Uh, hopefully sweet the uh everybody's got this um, new year thing going and resolutions and new year new me and uh except me i'm i'm the same old crusty me that i've always been i don't intend to change but um a lot of people have asked me is there a like a short spell they can do to uh, uh rid themselves and they use the word bad habit i don't like that uh word i just say a, an unwanted behavior um uh, so uh you just get a little orange candle and um, you write out whatever habit or behavior you want to ban- banish. You just write it on the candle, and uh, you can you can inscribe it with a toothpick or a pen on the side of it. Most of my bad habits, the words are too long to uh, put on the candle, but uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's you find them in psychopathia. Uh, uh, Domen- uh, psychopathia Dominica, but uh, um, so for example, you would write procrastination be gone, you know, on the side of the candle, right? So uh, you roll this candle in sage or chopped pine needles, or both, if, if you were very simple, just very simple, and uh, you burn this candle under the full moon, and as the moon wanes over time. Uh, so will the unwanted behavior. That's it. That's all. That's it. <laughs> oh, that's good. Mm. That's real. Boy, that's a free spell that everyone can use, and no one's going to have trouble um, memorizing it. Uh, no. That's a good let one. The moon, let the moon take it, it away. Yeah. And, you know, this reminds me a little bit of one thing that Adele Clemens taught, which was the um, 
the service for um, goodwill and forgiveness. Oh, I love um, that. Yeah. She did something. It's it's her own. But when you said that, I thought, wow, this is very similar. Um, What what she did was um, she would give a sermon and then pass out three pieces of paper and a small pencil Mm -hmm. to each of the people in the congregation. And on the first, and these were different colors of paper, makes it easier. You know, pick up your yellow paper, pick up your blue paper, pick up your green paper, whatever. On each paper, the first piece of paper, they were supposed to write any major transgression. In other words, their bad habits, the things they were done that were wrong, that they want forgiveness for. And then they were supposed to uh, pray on that. On the second piece of paper, um, they were supposed to write down all of the grudges, resentments, items of wrongdoing, and and malice that they held in their heart against anyone. And these wrongdoings could go back as far in their lives as they could remember. And then all of the uh, papers were gathered up and placed on the altar in a big fireproof metal bowl and set on fire (laughs) Mm -hmm. as as music played and they burned up in the bowl and everyone had to sit in silent communion and just think about the burning of the things that they did wrong that they wanted forgiveness for and the things that they hated about someone else, their items of malice. So these were called items of transgression and items of malice. And then when those were burned up on the third piece of paper, they were asked to write their wish for the future and for whatever they desired. And they were to bring the slips of paper to the altar. And Adele would say, if thou bringest to the altar thy gift and rememberest that thy brother has not against thee, leave there thy gift and go make peace with thy brother. And the gift was the written wishes that you brought and the music would play and then everyone approached the altar and they were handled a small devotional candle this would be like a little uh, four inch candle and a piece of scotch tape and the band of tape was used to attach their wish around the middle of the candle and the candles were then stuck into a sand pan and lit and that was the end of the service after a, a blessing and everyone mm. went home leaving the candles to burn down. So it's a similar type of spell, although that was very done cool. by very, Adele very, very Clemens. Similar. Yeah, it's very similar. And it's a good way to do a spell ties with the things of last year that were negative for you and to look forward to the new. So, yeah, the these kinds of spells of self-forgiveness and also Forgiveness of others are very important to free yourself to go forward in life. So thank you for that spell, Reverend John. Mm, Those are very cool spells. Yeah. Now you told me, John, and we still have a minute or so I can just say something here, Mm -hmm. that you are going to be selling the Adele Clemens deck and that it's going on sale next week. Is that correct? That's correct. On my... uh we uh, we have a little shop that a year in the planning, by the way, uh, that we launched at the beginning of the year, and uh, you can get to it from my website. But the URL on it is, uh, uh, of course, www.revjohnsspiritualsupplies.com, and it's basically uh, all the stuff I make by hand, you know, and. There it is. All right. They'll be available. And there's a limited supply of them. I only had like 30 of these made. 
Oh, my God. So it's RevJohnSpiritualSupplies.com. Okay. Yep. Uh, Rev John's Spiritual Supplies. Yeah, it's that's what Janet's I thought. Is, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'll Rev fix John's. it. Okay. Yeah, Rev yeah. John's will uh, fix it. Okay. All righty. Well, thank you so much for being with us. And I know you're going to sell those 30 out real quick. <laughs> Be prepared yeah, to make will. more of them, okay? All I right. We're gonna, this was a great show. Thank you so much for um, uh, letting us play around with the um, Adele Clemens Oracle deck. And thank you, Conjurman, for allowing me to uh, read for twice instead of us swapping mm-hmm. up. It was very kind of you. It was enjoyable to listen. <laughs> All right. Well, and your, and your spell work is great, as always. All right. Let's turn this over to Reverend James, and um, he's going to give us our closing announcements. Thank you, Miss Cat and Conjurman, and thank you, John St. Germain of DivineHarmonySpiritualChurch.com in Knoxville, Tennessee, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers will be Papa Newt in Omaha, Nebraska, bringing us the topic on creating a prosperous year. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman at ConjurmanConsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Reverend James, joining you from FolkConjure.com in North Carolina. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via LuckyMojo.com forward slash radio show dot HTML. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at this same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Good night. All right. Good night. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, James. I want to give a shout out to Tony I, who's in the chat. Tony will be one of the customers for this deck, I am sure. <laughs> and um, he's a, a good card reader, and I love him dearly. Um, JD, shout out to JD. Shout out to I, Patricia, Phyllis Margaret Gabor. And uh, Signe DC, and um, Angela L, and Aya Asha Aya 13, and Dr. Sweets, and Heather Charette, all for being in our chat, giving us your great support. All right, good night. Good night, all. Good night, everybody. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.